0: this is Commission President oh, excuse me there, you go. there we go this is Commission President Sam Cho. I haven't been doing that for the past couple of weeks uh, convening the special meeting of October 10th 2023 2023 Wow I'm tired uh, the time is 9:07 a.m. we're meeting in person today at the Port of Seattle headquarters building Commission chambers and and virtually via Microsoft teams call in line present with me today are Commissioners Calkins Feleman, and Mohammed Commissioner Hazegawa is expected us to join us shortly. We are meeting today to conduct a study session regarding the 2024 Aviation Division Operating and Capital Budgets. Before we go into the presentation, Executive Director Metric, do you have any opening comments you would like to make at this time?
1: Yes, good morning, Commissioners. Commissioners, this study session marks the third time so far this year that we focused on budget issues outside the regular public commission meeting schedule. So I want to thank you by. Thank you for taking so much time out of your schedules to work toward the completion of final passage of our, the port's 2024 budget. At your last commission meeting, you heard a briefing on the 2024 central services preliminary budget, as well as a, a port-wide roll-up briefing. Port-wide budget roll-up briefing. This morning, we'll focus on the aviation budget, and then you'll hear a presentation on the draft maritime and economic development division budgets during your regular meeting this afternoon. Uh, I think. Uh, You're making good progress on your CPA and your financial management qualifications going forward. That's a lot of time today, and I really (laughs) appreciate that focused on this. Of course, the reason that we take extra time to focus on the aviation budget is its size and complexity. The airport is approximately three-quarters of the port's revenues, and almost all of its funding and activities are governed by strict regulation and oversight. For example, under FAA rules, dollars generated at the airport must stay at the airport other than cost paid to central services for support services so so that the airport's revenues and expenditures are truly a standalone part of our overall budget. Let me start with the good news. We project that air travel will have fully recovered next year and that both passenger numbers and revenues will exceed 2019 levels. Now for the ch- more challenging news. We project that the air travel will have fully recovered next year and that the passenger numbers will exceed 2019 levels. So this is obviously. Uh, the best of times and the in harder times. I'm obviously speaking tongue in cheek, but as you know uh, well, that our airport is stretched to accommodate this level of demand within our constrained facilities, especially because of the significant construction taking place over the next few years to create the kind of facilities and customer experience that we want to offer our travelers. So we have to build as we're as we're operating. The airport's capital program is going to be a major theme for today's presentation, including its key objectives and an overall overview of the major projects and programs. Delivering the capital program will be an incredible challenge, but also an amazing opportunity to upgrade SEA into a world-class facility uh, we all want it to be. Second, you'll hear a lot of discussion about the ways in which the proposed aviation budget is focused on achieving many other goals beyond customer experience, including environmental sustainability, equity, and just as importantly, taking care of our workforce and ensuring strong recruitment and retention of our staff. I believe you'll find that today's presentation is fully aligned with our mission, values, and goals. Before I turn things over to Lance and his team to walk us through today's presentation, uh, Managing Director Lance Little from Aviation, I want to give a special acknowledgement to Heidi Popchock, who is uh, who is going to, through this process for the very first time. And uh, she's done a fantastic job, and mm-hmm. kudos to her and her team in aviation finance for their exceptional work so far. So with that, I look forward to today's conversation. And with that, I'll now turn it over to Managing Director, Managing Director of Aviation, Lance Little, who will kick us off. Lance? La- Lance, oh,
0: but, you, but before we get started, real quick, I think uh, Commissioner Fellman had a quick uh, question.
2: Uh, I greatly appreciate Lance's remote, I take it? Um, yeah. Thank you. The um, I-, I thought Steve was going to go through a little bit of the just the more of the generic strategic budget process, which are the next three pages before Lance got into it. But just, you know, in going through the discussion that we're going to have today, I, I'm just interested to see how, if you look at the next, you know, the second page into this discussion, we have just the broad century agenda drives division plans and budgets, which is, Steve, what I thought you were going to go through. and. Um, but the, you know, the thing that I don't see here, where we have just, if you look at the third bucket down, executive director priorities, we have the annual priorities identified by the ELT and approved by the ED. At no place do I see commission priorities integrated into the first three goals. I mean, it just strikes me that the process that we normally go through is commissioners, you know, we have a process by which commission input is done, but it's it's not even recognized as I can see it in the uh, development of the strategic agenda for the plan, and I just think that it's important because when we come up to then discussions of what the KPIs are, these should reflect a integration of commission priorities and I don't really understand um, you know we have to going through this you know what a budget amendment process might look like, and then you know when we talk about and I'll get into that one once Lance gets going. but you know, there are questions that I have about you know, the setting of the KPIs, but also the tools that we use to measure. And, and the question I always have is the question about why is Skytracks and JD power so different? But we can, well, that was something much more, more detailed to get into, but perhaps you can just show me how you see the, and, and I think this has been a fluid process. That's why I'm asking for it
1: to be better defined. Well, I think we set up the process and, you know, rather than going through – there is a – we've discussed this before, when we amended the Century Agenda before, we set up this process where that's where the, um, the high-level guidance comes in, and then and then we break it down into those uh, – into the business planning that accomplishes towards those Century Agenda goals. And specifically, I mean, uh, you know, those are in alignment with those, and that's why the, the the staff develops those so i don't think those are different the the commission priorities come in as the direction as the north star that we're driving towards in order to do that uh i don't know if there's you know sometimes well annually we get some specific things of budget priorities for commissioners that uh commissioners are interested in but in normal we're in total alignment i'm driving towards those larger goals and so that's how we envision this the process is set up to do that not on the not on the annual goals. Not for the commission to have annual goals for us to drive towards. That they would be more on the on the strategic goals that we're trying to achieve within that.
2: Well, as is always stated, that the budget is the moral document, and that while the century agenda goals are so broad, they're kind of hearty, and their goals are set, but the agenda objectives would be still within the five-year priorities, where I think commission input on. The five-year priorities make sense but in any given year and i think lance does a good job in calling out some of the commission priorities that are in there specifically but i I just think that if we're talking about how a commission how a port-wide budget is generated i would like to see described here that commission input is directly integrated and and i really do believe that you know this is why we're going through this process we have you know exhaustive budget discussions on each division, and I think, you know, whether it be the Tunney Report or whatever here to referred to as, um, that I, I just think it's missing. So thank you for... for your comments.
0: That. Let it be known here-forth that it's called the Tunney Report. Lance, take oh. it away.
3: Yeah. So uh, good morning. <laughs> morning, Steve, and good morning. I'm Commissioner, then, um, Commissioner Feldman, I hope we'll answer your question in the next um, few slides um, coming up and you, hopefully you'll feel a, a little bit more comfortable in the process. However, Heidi is going to kick us off and then Heidi's gonna hand over uh, to me. And I must also um, just reiterate what Steve said. This is the first time Heidi's going through, through this process and I just think she's done a tremendous job. So Heidi, if you could kick us off and then you can hand over uh, to me and I'll take yes. it yes uh to the few slides and then hand back over to you
4: yes sounds good good morning heidi popachok director of aviation finance and budget um, today we will provide you with our 2023 preliminary budget um, an outline today will uh, managing director little will describe our strategy to budget also strategic priorities and then i will uh, take walk you through our budget overview as well as our operating budget And also looking at our five-year capital forecast, our five-year financial forecast, as well as an overview of our equity spending for 2024. And please note, we do have a number of uh, slides in the appendix for your reference. And, And with that, I'll go ahead and turn that over to Managing Director Little to walk us through the strategy to budget. Thank
3: you. And um, thank you, Heidi. I really, really appreciate it. And and so, commissioners, um, the the process um, that we go through, and, and I guess maybe to address some of the things that um, Commissioner Feldman or some of the questions Commissioner Feldman just asked, it's a top down, bottom up um, approach that we have. As you can see from this um, diagram, the the, the central agenda and the priorities of the commissioners are the key main and driver for our budget, and of course the executive directors. Um, priorities, as outlined here, everything that we that we do um, as part of the budget, the expectation is that it's in alignment with the goals, priorities of the the organisation, and those goals and priorities are established by the commission and the executive um, director. So this may not have every single detail of the process, and I'm hoping we'll get into some more of it on the next on the next slide. But it is driven by the priorities of the commissioners. And um, the executive director, and we, in the various different divisions, establish um, our long-term goals to support those those objectives. And of course, the budget is the resource, are the resources that we need in order to execute on that. And I'm going to speak a whole lot more on that on um, the next um, on the next uh, slide. So, Commissioner Feldman and and other commissioners, I'm hoping we'll answer that question by the time we get through the rest of this presentation. Next slide, please. So um, since Commissioner Feldman raised it, I will maybe spend a little more time um, going through this. As you can see on this diagram, we specifically have the Central Agenda at the top because uh, that's where the Commission priorities are held. And everything that we do all the way down is in al- all the way down to our performance plans and the budget is in alignment with that. Uh, This is a process that had started many, many years ago. We have tweaked it and refined it over the years. It's great to see that the organization has adopted this. But let me just walk you through um, real quick. Again, we start with the central agenda. We look at what is the long-term goals, vision, objective, mission that's established there. Then we establish um, the long-term goals for the airport that's in alignment um with with the central agenda and those are typical in a five to ten year basis and we we have a, a vision in session that we go through at the air, airport and we look at what do we want the airport to look feel like and operate over the next five to ten years now once we have established that we do a SWOT analysis and the reason we do the SWOT analysis is that we know that we're not operating in a in a vacuum we're trying to get to these these um goals we're trying to get to this mission but we have weaknesses within the organization that we have to overcome we have strength that we have to leverage there are um, opportunities outside the organization that we have to take advantage of and there are threats outside the organization that we have to mitigate and so we do what's called a SWOT um, analysis a detailed SWOT analysis and then we um, summarize that in the form of a SWOT profile and i'll speak about that a little bit more in the next in the next slide now, once we have done that, we do what's called a gap analysis. We look at where we're trying to get to versus where we are right now. As an example, we're trying to get to a minimum connect time of 75 minutes, right? We're well over 90 minutes. Or we were well over 90 minutes before we built the international arrival facility, as an example. We're still not there at that 75 um, MCT or minimum connect time as yet, but that's a goal that we're trying to get to. Another one is we're trying to get to a five-star rated airport. We have four-star. Right? So there's a gap that exists. And so once we look at these gaps as part of the gap analysis, then we look at what are the activities that we must do in order to reduce those gaps or eliminate those gaps to get us um, to our, our, our long-term goal, taking into consideration all the things that we looked at as part of the SWOT analysis. And those activities are the key um, uh, part of our strategic plan, which is our three- to five-year strategic plan. And as part of that process, we also set what are the strategic objectives and the KPIs that we're going to use to close those gaps to get us to our long term goal. That is the strategic planning part of the process. There's two parts of the process, the planning part and the implementation part. So that is the strategic planning part of the process that we go through. And that's on a three to five year basis. And once we have done that, now this is where the rubber meets the road uh we do the annual business plan so each year we'll have a 2023 2024 then we'll have a 2025 business plan and this is where the rubber meets the road this is where we look at all the specific activities that we must do each year in order to to achieve the strategic or three to five year goals that we have and of course that's aligned uh, with the long-term vision that we have which is in alignment with the century agenda so you can see that alignment and we look at uh, once we have looked at all the activities that we need to get done and we prioritize them, then we look at what resources do we need in terms of people, in terms of equipment, and in terms of money. And that's how the budget is created. So the budget, as of, you might have heard me say before, is a means to an end. It's not the end. The end is the vision, the mission, the long-term goals that we're trying to establish. The budget is the resources that we need each year to get us there. Also, once you have completed our 2024 or 2025, our annual business plan, that also forms a basis for the performance plan for each of the team members within the organization. So that is the process um, that we we go through. Um, There are other ways to do it. We're not saying this is the only way, but this is the one that we use and it typically works really well because it aligns the budget resources um, that we're asking for with our long-term strategic plan it, it reduces the gap that we have identified in our um, gap analysis. It takes into consideration all the things that we consider as part of our SWOT analysis, and eventually the expectation is that it will get us to the um, century agenda goals and the vision and mission of the organization as established by the commissioners and the executive director. So that's the overall strategy to budget process. I'm not sure if we're doing questions during or wait until the end to do questions. So
2: excuse me Lance I I did thank you for that clarification but I I did Mm -hmm. say at the beginning that you did a good job Like and if you look at page 33 you call out Commission 2024 priorities so specifically um, it's Mm -hmm. the century agenda was set years ago I'm the only Mm -hmm. one in the organization probably up here that is Mm -hmm. was had any input once whatsoever but it was not this Commission's goals so Mm -hmm. so to the and we talked about you know we had like you know doubling air cargo or whatever like as you know it may be an important goal still but we that was one of them that we looked at potentially is that still the relevant question for our kpis to measure so i, I just yeah. have i take, only take exception of the fact that the century agenda goals are something we've adopted but it wasn't something specifically that this commission implemented how these goals consistently are implemented is this commission's purview And I appreciate you acknowledging at least some of the ones that are um, for 2024, which is more specific than the five-year plan or the higher-level stuff. So I just want to make sure I concur (laughs) with what you said, and I appreciate The fact that you drill down in the course of this presentation and now i'll let you make the presentation
3: yeah and and kudos again to heidi and the team because they they do a lot of the detail work there but and and you're right commissioner even our five five to ten year goals they were established a long time ago we established them several years ago but each year we look at what activities that we need to do and each year as part of this process remember we have the commission session where the commissioners Establish those priorities. So, so Steve and the ELT team and the airport team, we also look at what the priorities are that you guys are setting each year. And as um, in, in it, as in as much as we can, we include those as part of the annual budgeting process. And the ones that you see are just some. Uh, it's not even all. It's some of the commission priorities that we have established. Because we're not showing everything in this presentation. It would take maybe take five times um, the amount of time that we have today. So. All right, next slide, please. Okay, so this oh, just just to get just going to just a little bit more. As I mentioned um, on the previous slide, we do a SWOT analysis, and with the SWOT analysis, we look at our internal strengths and weaknesses. We look at external opportunities and threats, and we have we come up with a detailed um, SWOT analysis. However. Um, we really can't focus on everything that was in the swot analysis so what we do is summarize it into what we call a swot profile and what's in the swot profile is we prioritize which are the strengths that we're really going to focus on um, you know this this during this budget cycle or during this strategic planning cycle which we which are the weaknesses that we're going to focus in on overcoming what opportunities are we going to to take advantage of this external to our organization and what are the external first that we really need to focus on mitigating we can't focus on 10 or 15 things right we can focus on maybe three to five things and that's how we come up um, with a SWOT profile and these again are the things that we're going to either leverage to get us to our goals or we're going to or we need to mitigate in order to get us to our goals so that's what we that's what the utilization of the SWOT profile for us next slide please so these are the, the, the 10 primary areas that we're focusing on. Um, most organization um, CEO or managing director will say, oh, how can you have 10 um, goals? You can't really focus um, on more than say three uh, primary goals at a time. And that's that's typically correct. However, airports are somewhat of a different beast. We have so many different businesses within within an airport. We, have, we run a mall. We run ground transportation. We run airlines operation. We have a construction business. We have so many different businesses. We have community engagement, wildlife management, um, you know, water restoration. You name it. We have it within within an airport. It's like uh, it's like running a city, but a little bit more complicated. And so that's one of the reason why we have so many different um, strategic uh, focus areas. Now, each of the division or the direct, sorry, the department. Um, directors within the organization may be focusing on three or four goals. So that works within each of those business. But as a division itself, it's very hard to just focus on uh, three primary goals, just because of how complex and complicated airports are. So these are the 10 priorities that we are, strategic focus areas that we focus on. And you'll see how the budget um, requests that we have aligns with each of these areas in a few more slides. Next slide, please. Uh, you, you, Commissioner, then, you have seen um, this before, and this is really to reiterate a, a couple of things. One, uh, the budget is the means to the end. It's not really, it's not the end state. It's the means to the end. We're asking for money for people for um, equipment to actually try to get us to these goals uh, that we have that we have established. Whether well, it's five-star Skytrap rating, 75 MCT, greenest airport. Um, in, the, in the in the United States, most accessible airports in North America, et cetera. The budget request that we're asking for is to actually get us to these goals, get us from four star to five star rated airport and hopefully have us continue being the best airport in North America and one um, hopefully down the road we'll start getting in the world ranking a few years from now as well. Next slide. All right, so how do, we, how do we establish and set the priorities? As I said before, we go back, we look at our mission, long-term goals, we do a quick revision, are we gonna change anything major? If we are, we make the changes. If not, we do some small tweaks and then we look at what are the 2024 objectives that we need to come up with as part of our business plan in order for us to continue moving towards those goals. There are three primary areas that we categorize our request in. The things that we must do are the things that are regulatory, and commission, um, the things that the commissioners have directed us to do falls in this category. So during the budget process, we don't argue whether we're gonna do this, whether we're gonna support this. It is just a done deal. These are must-do regulatory. Then we have what we call the widely important goals. So for example, if we have 10 goals that we have established, the question is, what are the top three that we must get done no matter what? If there is a, something happens during the year and we end up not having enough money and we can't do all 10 of these activities. Well, what are the top three ones that we must get done? And those are the wild important goals. And then the the pigs are pretty important goals or just all the other goals, um, important goals that we have established. So those are the three categories that we have when we use um, for our budget request. Next slide, please. And so these are just some, there's an example, there's a whole lot more than we're showing on the screen, but these are just some examples just to give you a flavor of what fits into what category. For example, our part 139 certification, we must do that if we don't have um, a part, if we don't pass the part 139 certification, we can't run the airport. So there's, this is just mandatory, we have to do that. Uh, a lot of the security directives um, that we have, we don't have any choice, these are regulatory, we must do them and thus, Some of the examples we are showing here of some of the goals that we have or weeks that we have as part of the security um, goals. Next slide, please. Uh, Community, very, very important to us, completing 23% um, of the 2014 approved Part 150 um, Study Remedy Program by the end of the third quarter. That's one of the um, regulatory or must-do goals that we have. And there are several goals that we have as part of our environment and sustainability we have to meet and exceed all the permit conditions, wastewater land stewardship stormwater, water et etc so these are examples again of must do slash regulatory goal next slide and then some examples of wildly important goal safety is extremely important to us and we want to achieve a reduction um, from the previous year on um, safety management system of major incidents five percent reduction uh, we can't really can't get anything done. All the goals that you're gonna hear us talk about or you've seen uh, so far in the presentation, we can't get them done unless we have an engaged um, employee um, um, population here at the airports. And so it is important that we uh, review the employee engagement survey results that we have, and we actually put the action plans in place. and that's a priority for us in 2024. Uh, security checkpoints still, is a major challenge to us and we have a, we have established a goal of 80 percent of the people experiencing the tsa line will wait 30 minutes or less next slide Other um, goals that we have our weeks that we have is around the customer experience that's why we're here we're here to serve on um, the customer the primary customer of course is the passengers that come through the airport and that number that we have that 3.9 Uh, seven as part of the the asq or airport service quality, it includes a whole lot of things it includes restroom it includes security checkpoint the time it takes to come through um, customs and immigration the cleanliness of the facility Uh, there's several things that's included um, in here so even though it's one metric it includes numerous things that we have to do to satisfy Um, the customer meet or exceed the customer expectation. And of course, as we do all of this, we have to do it in a fiscally responsible manner. We have a debt service covered at 1.4. Heidi's gonna speak a little bit more about that in future slides and you'll see years that we are gonna exceed this and there are a few years that we might fall um, below it in our future projections. Next slide. And then a pretty important goal. I mean, the expectation is that we're going to get all the goals done. The difference between the wigs and the pigs is that if we come to the point where we have to prioritize, we have to make a decision, then the wigs takes priority. But the expectation is all of these pigs are pretty important goals. They all get done based on the request that we have within the budget. So we're requesting with people, FTEs, consultant services, equipment, um dollars etc to actually execute all of these pigs as well and these are just some examples um that we're that we're showing here i'm not going to go through all of them because i want to get over to Heidi soon to get into the details of the budget and i'm sure we'll have a lot of questions on those numbers but these are the 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 um the foundation for the request that we have in the budget so we think it's important for us to talk about it at the front of the presentation next next slide please and these are just some other goals these are on the innovation and operational efficiency side of the 10 categories that we had outlined earlier we can get into some of the details of these if you want commissioner but as i said i want to get to Heidi on the numbers next slide similar thing here economic um, opportunities social responsibility extremely important um to us our acdbe program. Has been um, successful in the past. We want to make sure we continue uh, being successful. The DBE participation, we struggle um, with that Um, in the past. We want to make sure we provide more opportunities to um, our underserved community or small minority owned businesses, et cetera. And next slide. now, in order for us to achieve all of this, we have to generate the revenues um, to get there. You're gonna, ID's gonna speak about this, or uh, commercial management team has this huge task to generate a lot of non year revenues, but the entire organization also have a responsibility to contain that cost. Because remember, we have that 1.4 uh, debt service coverage goal that we're trying to achieve. So everybody within the organization has to participate um, towards this. And of course, as we do this, we have to do it in a responsible manner. Um, we have our um, greenhouse gas emission goals, central agenda goals that we have to make sure that we meet as well. So we have several goals in there, our objectives in there and several requests in the budget to actually meet these environmental and sustainability goals that we'll get into a few slides down in the presentation. Next slide, please. And we have to build all these facilities um, that we need to keep pace with the tremendous growth that's taken place Within the region, we have an objective to achieve 75% of the capital program schedule milestone and also 75% of the planned expenditure for a huge program such as ours. And you, Heidi is gonna speak about that. You'll see we'll be spending over a billion dollars um, in certain years coming up. So it's a huge undertaking um, for us to for us to achieve. And we think 75% is really a stretch goal um, for, for our team that's working on these projects. Next slide. So, before handing over to to um, Heidi, commissioners, I just just want to point something out, and I hope Heidi reiterates it again. Uh, the the budget request um, that we have, um, we took into consideration all the new facilities that we currently have, the new square footage that we currently have, all these huge capital development projects that we have to get done, all the operational goals, everything. However. Even after all of that, the request that we are, that we're the increase in our budget versus 2023 is still within single digits. And I think that's something we really need to highlight because I think it's important not only for the commissioners, but also to our external stakeholders, um, such such as the airline, we are able to make a request to achieve all of these things that we have with all the new facilities, everything, and still stay within single digits relative to last year. And I think that is extremely um, important. So, with that said, I'm going to hand over to Heidi. Unless there are any questions on this section from Steve and Commissioners, uh, it's not. That I'll hand over to Heidi, which will take the presentation over from here.
0: All right. Thank you, Lance. Real quick before we move on, any questions? Yeah, please. Yeah, Commissioner mm-hmm. Fallon. Uh, I am.
2: I just think it's really important to just make sure we understand the guidance that we will then be uh, shown how you're meeting that guidance throughout the rest of his so I promise I won't take up much more time, but um, I, I, I was surprised that the 23% um, implementation of the part 150 by 2014, so the 2014 goal, um, that you characterize this as regulatory. Because I recall some commissions ago that we just said we should accelerate it, um,
3: but was that a, is that actually a regulatory goal? It's part of the part 150. Um, study that we have, and I think we have Sarah Cox online to um, help to answer that question. But it's part of the existing one, Part 150 study, so we consider that regulatory. Sarah, correct me if I'm wrong, please. Is she on?
4: She's the in
5: the uh, chambers.
4: Oh, okay. Oh. I, I was
5: I was walking up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, because we. Did you just have, introduce yourself? Quick? Oh, thank you, yeah. Sarah Cox, um, Director of Environment and Sustainability for the Aviation. Uh, part 150 because um, it's a regulatory requirement that we have committed this obligation with the FAA to meet this accelerated and then through the Commission to meet this accelerated um, schedule that it is a regulatory commitment for us to fulfill our grant obligations we've submitted grants to um, perform the sound insulation packages with FAA. And so through those various obligations, it triggers us into a regulatory uh, threshold. It doesn't compare, like for a stormwater permit where you have a sampling permit condition, Um, it's just in a little different context than that.
2: Okay, so for clarification, it's once we've asked to do it, we're obligated to do it, but the rate at which we're doing it Accelerated, it's accelerated only because the we were lagging behind before and it's the commission's asking to do it. So, my question is Is the rate at which we do it regulatory or only once we obligate ourselves to do some portion of it?
5: The rate is not obligate, we're not required on the rate, however, as we move forward into our next part 150 that will have a different set about or potentially have a different set of boundaries so under our current part 150 we want to achieve as much as possible under um, the current uh, boundary, noise remedy boundary to be able to insulate um, the various residents and facilities. Right, so, Thank you for
3: that and clarification. Commissioner, if I could, could I say this real quick? They, they, the fact that we have to do it is regulatory. The rate and the speed of which we do it is commission-directed. Correct. Correct. And that's why the acceleration
5: was That's done. why the acceleration, right. but then it expires once we a- adopt a new Part 150 standard. All right, thank you. And yep.
2: just Lance at another time, it seems to me we have various different ways of measuring customer satisfaction, right? There, there is the Skytrax goal, which is the specific one, the ASQ, JD Powers, pet survey. I never even heard of the pet survey. Is that how well we treat our pets? But, but it, it's, it's, to me, which we do have relief centers and all that, but I'm just wondering at another time, it, it just seems to me important to understand because we set our KPIs to the Skytrax, but we measure various other things. So, I, I don't want to deliver. I can
3: touch on it real quickly, Commissioner. I can touch on it real quickly. Um, the the, so the PETS is an internal survey that, that's done by us, local survey, Julie can speak more about it. Every, all the surveys that we have have deficiencies in them. For example, the ASQ um, a survey will probably not look at our security checkpoints or, or the drives coming in, on the, on the drives coming in. It's probably in the hold room areas, the arrivals, um, process, et cetera, right? So each of these have have gaps in them. So we try to do multiple surveys because we wanna make sure we capture the customer experience throughout the entire airport. We can go into it a whole lot more detail, but just on the, 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 the very high level, each of the surveys have gaps. They don't look at the entire customer experience. So doing two or three, focusing on two or three surveys, we'll be able to capture the entire customer experience. So maybe another time we can get a presentation of that. Oh holistic. yeah, we can we and Julie Julie eats, sleeps, and drink this. So um yeah, we can bring Julie in at a time appropriate to go through the details of these.
0: Great. Yeah. Um go and over. now
3: over to Heidi.
0: Hold on, hold on, hold on. Commissioner. Oh on sorry, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry, I go
3: ahead. sorry that we finished.
6: President Cho, how are we with time? Uh, I just w- want to be mindful.
0: Uh we're we're doing okay, but we can keep it brief. That'll be <laughs> that, good. Keep I'm our comments around to around a
6: there. minimum. <laughs> um, so, in the SWOT analysis profile section, I noticed that the demand for travel is in our opportunity section, and obviously, we want people to come to our region. Um, but at the same time, I see that as a, 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 um, also an issue, right, with the surge of passengers, considering the si- significant challenges around the construction projects that we have, and so. How we will be addressing those potential challenges, I'm imagining will come through these slides, but I, I just wanted to point that out, that while that's an opportunity, I also see that as a, as a, a challenge, and in some cases a threat when it comes to uh, secure, security lines and um, passenger issues, and they can't get through our checkpoints quick enough.
3: Yeah, uh, Commissioner, you hit the nail on the head. They, they, there are many things that you that we could have in both categories. Um, opportunities. and The size of our airport is one of our biggest disadvantage. The size of our airport is one of our biggest advantage, right, depending on what you're looking at. For connecting passengers, it's great because it's small, um, but because of everything else that we need to do, we just don't have enough space. So you're you're exactly right um, in terms of the demand for travel is an opportunity, but it also creates a lot of problems and, and challenges that we have as well. And you'll see in the request for example, the, the emphasis on getting people through the security checkpoint within a certain time frame, actually building the airport dining and retail, the duty free facilities that we need lounges, et cetera. all of these are, are challenges um, that we face because of the demand um, for travel. So we have a lot of things in the budget to address um, to address those. So we'll, you'll see a lot of them as Heidi goes through the rest of the presentation. Thank you. All
0: right, Heidi, take it away.
4: Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Commissioner. Um, So, next slide, please. So, this slide provides an overview of the budget context for the 2024 Aviation Division. And the five key themes are noted on the slide. And executive mentioned in his opening remarks about total passenger volume uh, forecast that we are recovering to exceed 2019 passenger levels and we'll talk more about that in the next slide Um, secondly our non-aeronautical revenues are strong they are well above our 2019 levels which is you know our non-aeronautical revenues are more of our public parking and ground transportation revenue streams Um, And thirdly, we have a growing capital program where over the next five to ten years, and we have some detail associated with that growth and, and as uh, Managing Director Little mentioned, a billion dollars in the forecast to uh, deliver on the capital program. Uh, As well as with the fourth item there, the high inflation of baseline costs, payroll, Growing, This is something that is very similar, as you heard in the Central Services presentation. You know, the airport is not immune from that as well. And also, lastly, the risk of economic recession. We're monitoring the economy and the markets just to be um, mindful of that and to have our conservative forecast assumptions. Um, Next slide, please. So this slide illustrates our total passenger recovery forecast. As you can see in blue, Those are our figures for passengers, the actual passengers that we have for those respective years. And yellow is our 2023 budget that the commission saw and and we um, uh, used to inform the 2023 budget process. The green illustrates our passenger forecasts for 2023, 24, and 25. As you can see for 2024, we're anticipating a 2.1% increase on 2019 levels of passengers uh, for the airport. Um, And also, that just looking at our, um, it's a strong recovery, essentially, the story we're trying to tell with this slide. Next slide, please. So then just looking at our strong operating revenue recovery, as you can see by um, the green block there, that relates to our aeronautical revenue. Uh, The blue relates to our non-aeronautical revenue. And we're anticipating a 7.5% increase when compared to the 2023 budget. Um, the aeronautical revenues represent about 61 percent of our total revenue and the non-aero about 39 percent. Um, in addition, um, we are, uh, with the aer- aeronautical revenues, is primarily cost recovery. And we have seen, um, we have exhausted a number of our relief grants. So in 2024, you'll see in the subsequent slides that that full amount has been exhausted from um, concessionaire grants. Next slide, please. And as I noted, you know, we have a growing capital program, and as you can see in the forecast in 2025, you see that peak. That's going to be our highest spending of approximately $1.25 billion. And also recognizing that we have um, added additional resources in the operating budget to support that. One thing of note is just that we are not, the forecast does not include any SAMP or our Sustainable Airport Master Plan near-term projects. Next slide, please. So this slide provides a high-level overview of our operating revenues, also our operating expenses, and some key um, indicators that we track as um, for financial performance. As you can see on the top there, the top row, aeronautical revenues is, uh, for, is budgeted to grow at 4.6%, non aeronautical revenues roughly 12.4%, and in total, it would increase about 7.5%. And then looking at our total operating expenses, we as um, Managing Director Little alluded to, like we have a lot of work to do, and we managed to keep it under in the single digits of 9.1 percent of an increase. So then, looking down below are some of our key financial indicators. Looking at our debt service coverage, which essentially means that how much, uh, how many times can we pay our debt service payments annually? Each year. And so we want to have a reasonable amount of debt service coverage or or ratio in order to uh, meet the targets that are outlined in our business plan and also for our um, rating agencies. So as you can see, (laughs) excuse me, for 2024, our debt service coverage is at 1.88. The next row associates with our Airport Development Fund, which is our cash on hand. We have a target of 18 months, and for 2024, we show that we'll reach 17 months. And by 2025, we'll reach that 18-month target. Uh, The next row has the cost per employment, which is a key metric for our airline partners just to show how uh, much of the expenses related to the airlines are allocated across the passenger totals. So for 2024, we see $18.61. And as you can see, there's a reduction there when compared to 2023 of 3.5%. And then we go into our non aeronautical net operating income. We're seeing an increase in that, as well as in plane passengers are recovering but are not exceeding at a rapidly rate, we are just returning to um, 2019 levels, a little bit over 2019 levels. Next slide please. Now we'll move on to delving more into the preliminary operating budget components. So there are a lot of numbers here, but Essentially, it illustrates a drill down of some of our operating expenses. As you can see, payroll uh, c- consumes a, a significant portion of that, about $210 million. and That's because, as you heard in the central services presentation, that you know, we have uh, represented staff uh, contract increases. We have uh, an assumption of 7% for non-represented staff average for COLA and pay for performance. Also, there's a 5% payroll vacancy. And also, we included 39 new FTEs, which you'll hear more about later. The remainder is approximately $148 million for non-payroll. And that's associated directly with the airport charges. And then we have approximately um, a 12.4 percent increase related to central services to help us continue to um, support and operate the airport. Next slide, please. So this is an, a, our waterfall slide, which is essentially our crosswalk to how we got to the 2023 budget, then to the 2024 preliminary budget. As you can see on the slide, the yellow, there were a number of budget adjustments that we uh, performed in order to get to the 2024 baseline budget. And then we added those cost increases associated with the payroll pieces, that's around 17 million, contract increases, about 4 million, and then Costs tied to revenues, two million, and then some additional non-payroll items, about four million. So, we started um, with approximately three hundred and twenty-four million for baseline for the 2024 budget, and then we took and um, reviewed a number of budget requests that I will go into um, later, but a number of budget requests that were added that. Came up to the amount of 358 million, uh, around 359 million, which is um, approximately the budget that you see today for for the aviation preliminary budget. Next slide, please. So, as Managing Director Little mentioned um, and walked us through our, our strategic focus areas. This is how those new budget requests align with those focus areas. As you can see at the bottom, uh, in particular, the asset management and capital development and delivery focus area, approximately 16.6 million of our new budget requests align with with that focus area. And then we have our customer experience focus area, which we uh, propose to have 7.1 million investments. Um, dedicated to that, and also you'll see that has the largest number of our new FTE requests of 29 of the 39 that we've requested in the budget. And then lastly, just kind of the big ticket items, environment and sustainability, we have approximately 6.5 million of new budget requests associated with that and and primarily tied with that must-do regulatory prioritization that Managing Director Little outlined earlier. Next slide, please. So This is a summary of the budget requests. We received 210 high-quality, well-thought-out budget requests from Aviation Division staff. They had very strong business cases and um, definitely our needs of the airport and and that equated to about $53 million. And and recognizing we are limited to our operating expense growth, we had to make some very difficult decisions and approve about $35 of those ads. So recognizing we have a number of goals to achieve at the airport we did limit ourselves to that 9.1% increase to our budget, and that equates to about 39 FTEs and $35 million of new um, investments. And then to the table to the right, you'll see how we prioritize those new investments by our must-do regulatory wigs and pigs. And I'll talk more about airline realignment in the subsequent slide, but just wanted to illustrate that. You know, we make sure that we have alignment in our strategic goals, our business plan, and as well as prioritizing those budget requests by our must-do regulatory and Wigs and Pigs. Next slide, please. So this slide provides an overview of some of our largest approved budget requests. So, as you can see at the top there, airline realignment is roughly $7.1 million. And that's essentially costs associated with relocating an airline carrier, their space, to another space because there is a capital project that will be underway in that initial space. And so, we are um, working with our accounting and financial reporting partners here at the port to possibly reclassify some of those costs to, um, from operating expense to capital based on our port's capitalization policy. So we are diligently working with them now and will report back to you on that work to determine if we are able to shift some of those costs to capital. Um, the other element is um, with working with our uh, planning group to support our growing capital program. And so expenses tied to that is roughly $3.4 million. Can I ask awesome. a, just a quick yeah. question? Sure. Uh, if we shift
7: it from expense to capital, does that allow us a sort of longer payback period for it?
4: Correct, yeah. So it will be amortized for um, part of our debt service, right, because we'll take out bonds to pay for it.
0: Great. Thank you. Can I, can I also, just since um, we're there, there, I have two questions. One is when we talk about and I, I think I asked Dan this question a few weeks ago when we got a overview, but maybe you can provide a little mm-hmm. more detail. You know, it's interesting to me that our non aeronautical revenues are going up despite the fact that our passenger volumes have not quite recovered to twenty nineteen levels. And I think I asked Dan what accounts for the increase in non aeronautical revenues despite the fact that we don't have as many people going through the airport and I, I threw up maybe parking rates going up as an example, but Correct. I'm curious if you can Shed light on any anything else that is it because we've added ADR tenants. Uh, I'm I'm just curious, kind of to to understand what the what that is.
4: We have a slide for that. Oh, uh, perfect. Okay, well, yes, I'm glad there, I answered there, I asked there that, is that question for There is a line graph that illustrates our employment as well as the non error Aeronautical revenue streams and how they've increased, specifically public parking and and rental cars and ground transportation associated with that. So, so we'll have um, we'll illustrate that line graph to share with you and what are some of those drivers, but it's primarily public parking and with that rate increase in 2023 that's now reflected in 2024 but we've also seen you know suspect that passengers are um wanting to limit their interactions with uh folks due to this post-pandemic phase where they want to drive into the car use that garage space Mm -hmm. for before they travel so um so there is a line graph there just to kind of show the the revenue streams and how they've increased and then you see employments are pretty much stable and just recovering based to uh, 2019 levels but it's really passenger behavior clubs and lounges folks are taking Mm -hmm. advantage of those um, amenities here at the airport so um, so there's additional information that i can point you to in the slide
0: excellent and then my second question was regards to ftes um, Commissioner Hago and I recently had an opportunity to meet with the ILW local 9 and um, one of my questions was how do we account for what might be in the next collective bargaining agreement when it comes to budgeting and you know uh, increased costs for us is that factored in here in, in our 2424 20, 24 forecast and then secondly um, I think one of the things that was flagged for us as a concern is is that there's a personnel shortage um, and so when we talk about, you know, we only raised 9.1%. We had to make a choice on how many FTEs we're going to hire. How do we, what, 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 and maybe this is a Lance question more, but what is the process through which we make those hiring and FTE decisions,
3: specifically at the airport? Uh Hi, do you want me to jump in yes, here? Yes, that'd be great. You want to start? Okay. Yes, yeah, so Commissioner, the, the process that I just went through, the budget, as I said, is not the end, it's a means to the end. So we actually start with a business plan. And with a business plan, we look at what are the activities that we are going to get done in 2024. And we we have those categorized in the, the mandatory, the wigs, the pigs. Then we look at what are the resources that we absolutely need in order to get those done. What are the ftes that we need consultants that we need money that we need equipment that we need that's how we come up with the ftes and we, we have to make um you know some tough decisions we have a lot of um, people that were disappointed because they did not get um either the money or some of the fte um requests that they asked for but it's, it's some tough decision that we have to make and we have to to kind of make that balance we don't want to go uh, you know overboard and have a, a fat budget and a fat organization and then if anything happens remember one of the first slides heidi pointed out is there are a lot of unknowns out there inflation there is you know could be another pandemic there's a whole lot of unknowns so we want to make sure that we have a lean enough budget that in the eventuality that we have any of these um issues popping up we you know we we, we don't have too many ftes on board but we have the right amount of ftes that we need in order to execute what's in our, our business plan. So, you know, it's part science, it's part art, there's no perfect way to make the decision, but we also think we have a fiscal responsibility to the organization to request just the resources that we need to execute what's in the 2024 um, business plan. And that's what the driver for the FTEs and all the other requests that you see here that we're asking for approval.
0: Can you quickly speak to my first question about how we factor in any cost increases from labor negotiations that are pending?
4: In recognizing those, the pending nego- the contracts are in negotiations. So, for the budget process, we just have a global assumption, and that's something that we just put in the budget. But recognizing that the outcomes of those representative groups and and those labor co- contracts will will supersede that right so okay. we have to put an assumption but it, we recognize that those contracts will prevail and we'll update the budget to accommodate that
0: so so is it fair to say that we would just put in a benchmark assumption on labor costs in general as opposed to diving into the specifics of you know this division this these workers were expecting i, I guess i guess well, my, i'm curious about like how granular do we get when we forecast or do we make these assumptions mm-hmm. and it sounds like we just kind of make a general assumption about increase in labor costs
4: so for the 2024 budget we had a global assumption for non-represented and then just put represented as that same assumption recognizing that those contracts are in negotiation I see. and so that's the approach we took
0: okay yeah. okay thank you Commissioner Mohammed has a question, go ahead.
6: I have a quick question on uh, slide 27 um, to the FTE point. I I noticed the security, I would have assumed the security numbers would be higher. Um, How is our security divided among port police, TSA, and aviation security? And considering some of the TSA workforce challenges, do we account for that um, when we're allocating dollars towards security? Or do we consider that?
4: yes and i'll probably defer to managing director little to speak to more of that
3: yeah again as i said the 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 the, re- the request for ftes for money for equipment is based on the activities that we have in our business plan so what we're asking for is actually what we need to execute um what's in our business plan in addition um, to that we're actually conducting what we call an efficiency and effectiveness study Um, where I think we're gonna try to start it maybe before the end of the year, but it's not gonna be completed until next year. We do this every four or five years. The last time we did it was about five years ago or six years ago. And we look at the entire organization. We benchmark against other airports um, in the nation and the consultants come up with a recommendation in terms of how each division should be staffed in order for us to get to our long-term goals. So we're going through that exercise as well. And once that's finished, we, may, we will have more information to come back to say, okay, maybe we need more FTEs in the security department, in operations, in commercial management, you name it. But for now, the budget request that we're making here is the FTEs that we need in order to execute the specific things that's in the 2024 um, business plan.
6: Thank you.
7: As a point of clarification, the police department is not under the aviation budget, correct?
4: Correct.
0: Okay. Commissioner Fong.
2: I see we have a goal with TSA processing, but it is TSA that does the work. And I seem to recall, in following up on Commissioner Mohammed's question, that we could supplement, well, we could take on the security checking but you can't like just supplement it you're like either all in or you're not is that true
3: um hey let me maybe jump in here again the ironic thing about our business is that we have many goals that we established that we have no control over but we have influence because we depend on tsa we depend on the airline we depend on cbp to get a lot of um, a lot of stuff that we're trying to get done um, accomplished we however Assist us and the airlines. We assist the TSA. We assist cdp during peak periods, um, for example, to do exit control, so you don't have a a TSO, um, a Transportation Security Officer, doing that versus actually opening an additional lane and do more screening. So we assist. However. This is not something that we want to do on a permanent basis. It's very, very expensive. And we think that's the role of the TSA. So we are working through ACI, through, um, through AAAE, to actually lobby to make sure that the TSA gets the resources that they need to perform this function effectively and efficiently and not have airlines or airport do it because it's not our function. It's not sustainable. We can't do it continuously. We do it during peak period, but it's a very expensive undertaking. Thank you. Thanks, Lance. Sorry, how do you go ahead?
4: Thank you. Um, so the remainder, remainder um, requests on this slide um, are key initiatives that we're continuing into twenty twenty four, and then we have um, all other about six point two million that um, are not listed because they are in aggregate. So um, that completes this slide. So next slide please. So these are some uh, smaller budget requests that are essentially under 500,000. Just wanted to give you a flavor of some of those requests under those strategic area focus. For the airport. Um, so, and you'll see that it's sprinkled out in this slide some of the commissioner budget priorities, which we'll also talk about in a subsequent slide. Next slide, please. Okay, so this table just illustrates the different classifications for the new FTE requests that we um, have proposed, the 39 and as I mentioned earlier, 29 of those FTEs are in the customer experience focus area and then we have the others in uh, uh, health and safety, security, innovation and operational efficiencies and then lastly in the asset management category. Next slide please. So here's just, again, some key elements to keep in mind as we develop the 2024 budget is that, you know, as I said earlier, the risk of a recession, high inflation. We keep that top of mind, as well as looking at our preliminary budget, some of those factors that we've incorporated, you know, payroll vacancy rate of 5%. We have those increased medical benefit costs. Um, we know that the HR compensation project is yet to be complete, so we factored in just an estimate. Um, uh, our potential new air service incentives. We do have budget in for that, as well as uh, the impacts, potential impacts of PFAS, and else, as well as environmental remediation liability costs. I do want to note that you know we do not include. Any budget related to employee parking and snow events. Employee parking meaning kind of the new um, increase in value for employee parking passes. And so there's some associated tax implications that we're studying um, here, here at the airport. And then snow events, we, we just, you know, we, we don't have the crystal ball, right? So we will probably uh, absorb those costs as they, um, as they happen this year or for 2024. Next slide, please.
0: Sorry, I have one more question from Sorry. Commissioner Fallon. Well, maybe not. So, one with more,
2: regards to PFAS, um, I, I see on page twenty-five we actually have a significant reduction in environmental uh, exposure, but in fact there is this uh, it says in environmental remediation liability is minus ninety-seven point eight percent, but there is this huge uncertainty associated with PFAS, right? So. Um, we are assuming you know the whole budget we have like a proposed budget we don't have like assuming that labor costs will be more or we don't have an assumption that all these environmental lobby uh, liabilities come in we're just saying you know this is why what we think right it's a singular
4: it's a snapshot in time right and so um i think that's something that uh with our director, Sarah Cox, and Environmental for Aviation, can speak more to, well, but as I far mean, as the... I just the bu- use that as an example of... Right, right. But uh, for the budget purpose, it is a snapshot in time for uh, for the environmental remediation liability. But speaking to P- PFAS, I can defer to Ms. Cox.
5: Thank you. Again, Sarah Cox with Aviation, Environment Sustainability. Uh, with respect to PFAS, um, we and the environmental remediation liability. We are currently doing site assessments and have just initiated engagement with the Department of Ecology. So once, once we define what an obligating event um, under that regulatory framework looks like, we will then incorporate that into the ERL. But at this point in time, it's expense-related funding um, for our investigation for PFAS.
2: So you don't expect a cleanup bill until the following year?
5: Or, or later, depending on. Right, but on that's,
2: this is just to study money. Exactly. And, and then, so while well, I have you there, so yes. I see the decarbonization study Correct. is grant funded. Yes. It's the money in hand?
5: Um, so, it, well, 2024, uh, we uh, have an FAA grant um, up to $900,000 to uh, evaluate decarbonizing our central mechanical plant.
2: So yes. that grant funding is actually hard money? Yes. All right. And I'm sorry. But and it's a percent. I believe, Joe, I believe we covered 80%. President we down questions yeah. so, yeah. so that Heidi can finish? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Well,
7: we really right. need to. So so it's 10-15. we got 45 minutes left. There's, we got to get through There's uncertainties in our budget. We're so actually being down, asked to do that. And we'll have a chance at the end.
0: Thank you.
4: Go ahead. OK. Uh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm not going
0: to take any more questions until the end of Heidi's um, uh, presentation. Thank you.
4: And we can next slide, please. So we wanted to highlight the commissioner twenty twenty four budget priorities, and as uh, managing director Little uh, mentioned earlier, that this is just a few of them. It's not the the whole inventory of priorities that we're working on with the commission uh, at the airport, but just some of the notable ones that we wanted to uh, to illustrate here that our increase in budget for 2024. Um, we'll continue the work in preconditioned air, anti-human trafficking, access to affordable, high-quality childcare for airport workers, and lastly, hygiene product vending machines. Next slide, please. Okay, so this slide illustrates our net operating income for aeronautical. and And as I mentioned earlier, aeronautical Air, uh, revenues are based uh, are cost recovery and are regulated by the FAA, and so as you can see here, total base revenues uh, have a modest increase for 2024 of 4.3 percent, as well as the aeronautical aeronu- re- excuse me total aer- aeronautical expenses roughly about 8.9 percent. Next slide, please. This slide illustrates our non-aeronautical net operating income. It is a lot of numbers, but to your point, Commissioner Cho, as I mentioned, you know, public parking is increasing um, in revenue because it captures that rate increase for in 2023, but also passenger behavior. So we see a 14.7% increase in revenues for, for public parking when compared to 2023, and also rental cars. We see a 14.4% increase. Um, So, and and then the other line items associated with non aeronautical revenue streams, you know, airport dining and retail, clubs and lounges, and utilities. And then again, just want to highlight that in the um, less concession relief grants row, as you can see, we've exhausted all of those grants in 2024, so just wanted to point that out, that we utilize those, um, we've drawn down on all of those grants. Next slide, please. Now, Commissioner Trout, this is the the slide I was alluding to earlier, so this illustrates the non-aeronautical revenues. When in compared to employments, as you can see, the employments are recovering from 2019, but you see the passenger behavior of utilizing non-aeronautical revenues, public parking, ground transportation has increased more. Um, and we, we assume that it is associated with you know, folks taking advantage of more, advantage of clubs and lounges and, and the parking at the um, airport garage. Next slide, please. So now we'll transition to talk uh, to review our five year preliminary capital forecast. Next slide. And so with this slide, we want to provide kind of an overview of our capital program objectives. We want to provide facilities that meet or exceed, our strategic and business plan objectives. Uh, As uh, Managing Director Little mentioned earlier, you know, five star tracks rating and top 25 airport service quality. We want to make sure we're the most accessible airport and the the greenest airport. And some of those uh, example projects that are helping us get there or will help us get there is our SCA Gateway, North Main Terminal Redevelopment Project, our C Concourse Expansion Project, and also our baggage optimization project. And, and these are considered our mega pro- uh, three of our mega projects, which are over $300 million. Next slide, please. So as you can see here, um, this is a look ahead of our capital program forecast. On the top there to the left, you'll see our mega projects. Um, as I mentioned just moments ago, you know, baggage optimization, C concourse, SEA gateway, S concourse evolution, and the main terminal improvement projects are some of our larger projects that we have at the airport. And with just those mega projects, um, we anticipate in the five-year um, forecast, roughly 2.3 billion dollars of, of um, cash flows. And then down below, you'll see that we have a line item for other capital projects, our SAMP preliminary planning and design forecast and CIP reserves. Next slide, please. So this slide illustrates in, in a bar chart form um, that with our mega projects, which are the dark blue, we anticipate our peak spending. in. 2025 at roughly 1.25 billion. And so in the green you see the 100 to 300 million dollar projects and then the lighter blue you see the 20 to 100 million dollar projects and then the orange is some of our lower under 20 million dollar projects and and then the gray is our CIP reserves. So over the 5 year period we're forecasting to spend approximately five billion dollars, and this will help us be ready for the FIFA World Cup in 2026. So we want to make sure we get those projects underway to accommodate um, passengers and travelers during that time. Next slide, please. So as we prioritize, you know, our budget requests, we also prioritize and categorize our capital projects. So this is a a table that illustrates the various categories of our capital projects. As you can see, the purple is our mega projects, as I mentioned earlier. But also, looking at our renewal and replacement forecasts, approximately $700 million. And and so we're staying on top of renewal and replacement. Um, One example project is our industrial waste. Uh, treatment plant we're doing expansion there or uh, renovations there also we have our business needs of r- r- roughly 770 million and an example p- project is you know our post international arrivals facility airline realignment and then we have noise our, our uh, SAMP design pre-approval and slower agreement as well as reserves and allowances so um, just wanted to illustrate this in a way like a pie chart as well as show the category um, costs. Next slide, please. So we have included two new projects in the 2024 budget. One is a gate modification project, roughly $115 million, And the second project is a small jobs um, project of $10 million, which is to do Work at the, at the airport for jobs that are under $300,000. So that's just simply just two projects that we've added for 2024. Next slide, please. So now we'll um, transition to the look ahead and the preliminary financial forecast, looking at revenues and expenditures in total. Next slide, please. And looking at our financial forecast objectives, you know, it's really to ensure that the airport's five-year financial look meets or exceeds our financial performance. And we have those key financial targets that um, I've mentioned earlier um, about, you know, achieving uh, greater than 1.4 times of our debt service coverage in the 18 months of cash on hand for our airport development fund. And also just consistently growing our non-aeronautical revenues. Next slide, please. So with this table, it is a look ahead and we included some very um, conservative financial assumptions for our aeronautical revenues and non-aeronautical revenues, um, as well as our operating expenses. We do see a availability for debt service over the forecast, that row, um, as well as looking at our CFC, which is our customer facility charge offsets. Those are costs that are paid by the rental car companies. And then our uh, passenger facility um, charge offsets increase um, modestly through the forecast. Next slide, please. So, looking, Considering our financial forecast, we also have the forecast metrics that I've been um, uh, alluding to. Again, debt service coverage, this is the look ahead, um, as well as looking at cash on hand, our cost per employment forecast, and, um, and the other items. I, I don't want to go through them all, but just to know that those are some of the financial forecast metrics that we monitor and try to target for, at the airport. Next slide. Our next section will go into equity and spending. And for the airport, we have three items that are new in the 2024 budget for equity and spending. We have our celebrations and cultural connection events for SCA's 75th anniversary. Um, that's going to be a cost share between our concessionaire tenant marketing fund, marketing fund and with the airport. Um, Also, we're sponsoring our Open Doors organization and co-hosting Universal Access and Aviation Conference, as well as increasing our uh, engagement with the Airport Minority Advisory Council. Next slide. This chart illustrates kind of our overall spending, so it includes our new rec- equity and spending requests for 2024 as well as our existing equity and spending elements and so for engagement we see in the green there 650,000 for 2024 supplier diversity 205,000 and removing systemic barriers 163,000 and then community investments 100,000 totaling 1.1 1. 1 million next slide please and then this is just illustrating it by year and some detail on those non-recurring investments on so some of the new investments that we added for 2024 and some of our ongoing investments on in equity and spending at the airport. Next slide. So with that presentation of all of those elements we wanted to make sure you have some key budget takeaways for the aviation preliminary budget, and so looking at revenues again, only uh, limiting it to, or increasing it 7.5%. Also, some of the expense components to to keep in mind, um, and looking at our financial forecast, some of the targets that we anticipate meeting, and and not and being mindful of the budget uncertainties that we are. Um, keeping top of mind as we go through, um, prepare the budget and, and go into 2024. And with that, uh, next slide please. That concludes the presentation. Yeah. Happy to take questions. Excellent,
0: today. thank, thank you, you so much Heidi, I really appreciate it. We're gonna start with Commissioner Hazegawa. Good morning, Heidi.
6: Good morning. Thank
4: you for the
8: presentation. Yes. I just have a couple clarifying questions Sure. You. So on slide 32, when you said that you earmarked Space for the HR compensation project pending um, completion. Did you calculate that by the number of impacted personnel?
4: So I will um, defer to our executive on that question.
1: Yeah, we we just have a number there. We're not sure exactly where we land. We're going to complete the work, so it's it's basically a a number that we um, came up with a similar a plug to do that that if it was above or below that we can adjust to that and the number was um six million i believe that we okay. plugged in there for that
8: that it, is just is it a like a random earmarked number or how is that number
1: calculated <laughs> it's pretty close because we're still not finished or what the whole okay. total impact is but we wanted to have something that's not that we can adjust to rather than leaving it blank and knowing because we didn't have a number so All it's right. It's our best guess of what, uh, of what, within a percentage plus or minus a, a percentage that we think it's going
8: to. It might be a follow-up question for Director Gerard, but I'm wondering if we have an estimate of how many personnel might be impacted by sure. that. Uh, Commissioner. Action.
1: Thank you. That's the, That's what we're working on now. We can report back on that on on the whole process of how we're going.
8: And then on page slide 35, just. Oh, I'm so sorry. Slide 33. Um, I am so pleased to see that you've earmarked uh, and pulled out for us these, Commissioner, 2024 budget priorities, um, in particular, continuing the effort to combat human trafficking, uh, to uh, uh, develop a request for a proposal for to continue the effort to establish affordable, quality, accessible childcare for airport workers. And also for hygiene products, the vision was that the hygiene products would be free, including for traveling members of the public. So I'm just wondering about the nomenclature here, hygiene product vending machine, or is it something that folks will have to pay in order to access? um, Or is it actually just a dispenser where you,
4: and it comes out. As, as I understand it, it's a dispenser, okay. not a, something that is, you have to pay.
3: It is the latter, Commissioner.
8: Right. Okay, I thought yes. so. Thank you so much for that distinction. Uh, no further questions. Thank you, President Schell.
0: Excellent. Any other questions? Yes, I'm going to go with Ryan first.
7: Uh, thank you for the presentation. Um, just a few um, few thoughts and questions that I wrote up. So I get this presentation, you know, we received it in advance and I read through it, and my very first thought was, if this were a typical business, everybody would want to get into it. It's incredibly good cash flow coming out of this entity. I mean, just extraordinary when you look at the overall numbers that our net operating income is $360 million. Uh, We also have an entity that has a ravenous appetite for capital Uh, construction. And so we take all that net cash flow each year and we immediately put in to building new buildings to, you know, obviously some maintenance projects and and, uh, refurbishment. But uh, so it's just uh, an enormous amount of economic activity in this one place. And um, I think a few things that come out of that is, uh, you know, it is... um, in this next five-year cycle, where you show that we're planning to spend $4.9 billion, if we meet all of this, as you point out, our debt service coverage is going to drop significantly from 1.8 to, I think, 1.5, you said, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. Um, That's, those numbers are based on us meeting the capital budget targets. What is our record for, you know, if we budget Let's say a billion dollars for any given year. How frequently do we actually spend about a billion dollars? Or is it normally more than that or normally less than that? That's a great
4: question. I will. Um, I'll, be, I'll be glad oh, okay, to jump okay. in.
1: Because, Commissioner, I go back to the study, if that's okay. Mm, of course. Uh, a few years ago, and Lance would be glad to um, chime in too, that <coughs> we did that study of saying over it may not be perfect with a given year because projects may slide within a given year, but our. Track record is about s- s- higher than sixty percent. I'm looking on right here. Yeah. Seventy-five. Seventy-five percent accomplishing it within a five-year period. So that's. So, as, uh, so let's within. say we
7: stick to that trend of seventy-five percent. Then by the time we get to 2028, we won't have spent nearly as much on capital as we had budgeted, and I, quite honestly, had hoped to, because we want to be able to spend all this money and get all these projects done. If we don't, our debt service coverage will be significantly lower, wouldn't it be, in that case?
1: If we spend less. And th- our revenues
7: are relatively close to what we anticipate.
4: Yeah, let me, I have my colleague, Han, mm-hmm. if you want to come speak to this. Oh.
8: Hi, hi. Han Wynn, Senior Manager at Aviation Finance. So, um, our plan, the five year plan, if we don't spend any further projects beyond 2028, then our debt service will increase. So, because we're not paying for the debt. But right now, as the, we have a bigger capital program. And so what you're seeing right now is five year, but we do have a 10 year program that's upcoming.
7: Okay, great. And then um, the, so we're doing great uh, based on this, um, you know, the numbers. Uh, particularly coming out of COVID, and we're seeing lots of positive signs here. Uh, I, I want to dig in a little bit to the whole airport ecosystem and, and ask the question, is it that we're doing well, but our vendors, carriers, et cetera, are not doing well, or is it that generally the finances of the airport, its vendors, its carriers, the small businesses, is it generally positive news? I
4: would say and so. Can, generally,
3: possible. I can I can jump into that. And Kelly is in the room or, or Jeff Wolf. Are there online? They can jump into that. Generally, we are, um, we are doing good. Um, generally, there are some, of course, some vendors that are doing better than others. Many of our um, tenants, though, Commissioner, they face um, the challenge of not being able to staff um, their 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 business um, appropriately. So some of them that would like to open longer or to Have more seats available. I think some of them are still struggling because they just don't have the staff and hand. But I would say that generally they're doing really well. And I don't know if Kalia or Jeff Wolf is online um, to maybe back me up on that one. But that's a conversation that I've had with Kalia more.
7: Okay. Uh, Yeah, I think that's a particularly Uh, important thing for us to think about as we move back in again to the conversation around the next SLOA, too, is just to sort of understand the health of everyone involved. Uh, Last question on the budget itself is um, I'm trying to think, you know, as commissioners, we're trying to think long term. And um, even in six years here, I really haven't, been looking at a budget where capital spend is decreasing or is relatively minimal. And yet there have been periods in port history when we didn't invest all that much in the airport, either because of a prolonged uh, economic slowdown or trouble in the aviation industry. And in fact, periods like this are somewhat atypical. We're in the middle of a generation or even maybe a half century spend on the airport. It seems to me that, you know, we. I remember one of the earliest presentations on the North and South satellites that I received was about how you know these are facilities from the 1970s, no real significant ha- investment has been made in them. And now over the course of the 10 years, beginning from the North Satellite Project through to when we complete the South Satellite Project, we're gonna spend $2 billion on those two facilities, an extraordinary amount of money. And we, as you mentioned, we haven't even, we're not even talking about SAMP here, which will be, I mean, if it comes to pass, will be, a huge amount of money. And so these kinds of capital campaigns that we're in the midst of right now are really, maybe only, they happen once in a generation or even maybe once in a half century. And knowing that we're in a constrained footprint, this may be the last big push for expansion of the footprint at SeaTac. And so I think for me, it, 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 our efforts to shore up our internal capacity to take on these projects is really, really important. And so, um, you know, we, we talked about this, I think, at the last meeting about the need to um, have not just, we, t- we sort of centered on engineering, but all of the, you know, CPO and audit team and everyone that needs to come around and make sure that in these billion dollar budgets, we're managing that money well and doing those projects in such a way that, that we're keeping on schedule and budget as best as possible without a lot of uh, waste or inefficiency. Um, the last uh, question I had uh, is, um, or I just comment, I just wanna go back to, to something that was uh, we were talking about at the very start of this conversation, and, and I just wanna say to you, Steve, I think the, um, on slide three, if we could go to slide three. Sorry, it goes way, way back. This diagram of how we make decisions within the organization has been a real point of clarity for me under your leadership as executive director. That it helps us to understand in the organization who's deciding what who's deciding the tactics and the details, and who's setting the long-term vision and, and essentially the Century Agenda goals. And in fact, uh, in 2020, the Commission did update the Century Agenda goals. In June of 2020, we updated them uh, with input from um, multiple people on, on the dais here today. And so we, we do own those goals. They are our goals. And I appreciate that, uh, through the delegation of authority, we have given you the authority to, to make decisions around the tactics and the detail-oriented stuff. And so I think it's a good system. Uh, there are times when I, as a commissioner, want to know some of the details around that stuff, but an example I often think of is, and I'm not trying to brag here, but there was a point in my career where I was an expert on ceramic tile. And my time, my six years at the Port of Seattle, I literally, I was on the technical advisory committee for the national council that determined where tile could be used. Not once as a commissioner have I ever been asked about ceramic top, even though we buy a lot of it at the port sale, particularly at the airport, and that is perfectly appropriate. If anybody ever wanted to ask, they could, but I, I'm, I, I don't think that's my role here. In fact, you know, I think I need to stay much higher level, and so I really appreciate this breakdown of authority, and I'm going to continue to support that, that method for making decisions at the port.
0: Thank you. Commissioner Fallon.
7: I still believe it's
0: obviously necessary to
2: show commission input in this process at a higher level. I'm not talking about practical management issues on a day-to-day basis. There's no word commission in this structure. We're hired by the public. We hire you. We should be reflected someplace in here. I'll stand behind that. I don't want to get into a debate with Ryan. The, um, the, one of the things I saw was interesting was that CPE is down for 2024. But a CIP peak is in 2025. So I assume the decrease in the CIP, a CEP, CPE, it's easy for you to say, is uh, due to the fact that we have these other uh, non-aeronautical revenues going into?
4: Well, so for CPE, why it's going down is that for those capital projects, while they're in construction. The airlines aren't charged the the debt service associated with it until it's completed so there's a there's going to be a delay and you'll see it in the out years it, it increases versus kind of the near term 2025, 25 20 thanks getting back to that overall five-year look at things yeah. and I'm,
2: I'm just wondering you know in the course of each one of these projects there's all these uncertainties whether labor or whatever um and you say well we're doing our best guess And I appreciate that, and you're the ones that are the position to make the best guess. But it would be interesting to know when we talk about these uncertainties, whether we're being optimistic or you know pessimistic, or you know is the uncertainty of the recession how heavy is that weighing on you? You know, in terms of just to get a sense of is this a totally conservative budget, or are there places where we're really kind of like pushing it? And so I never get that sense in terms of uh, when you say we made our best judgment. Does that mean that you're bullish or not? You know. So overall it's important to know, but I'm just wondering, it seems to me in certain areas there's, certain, there's varying levels of uncertainty.
4: There is, and I will say just that oh. we have in the, in the appendix section kind of some of our uh, conservative financial forecast assumptions, right? Looking at taking a look back, what has the experience have been? and then try, in, including a forecast assumption for the look ahead. And also working with our central service partners to inform our assumptions as well. So, so it's not this um, kind of arbitrary number that we're dropping in. We are monitoring the economy, we're, the market, and also the industry, what's happening across the nation to inform our assumptions to be more conservative. Hopefully that Over, overall, it's yes. conservative yes. estimates,
2: and I, I assume that would be the case. But there are certain places,
4: and the only other
2: thing was um, clearly that we are investing money in SAMP to do some development of planning. ideas, but planning, and you don't think any construction is likely to be going on within the five year, because we keep on talking about SAMP is excluded, but it's this you know elephant in the closet or.
4: It is in excluded and, you know, and that's, the forecast excludes the, the SAMP near-term project. So
2: that, that was just like one of the things is like, you know, this budget with SAMP, this budget without SAMP, in terms of having some projection of whether that, what, what, so are, the bar- what are the uncertainties in- we're dealing with?
3: Yeah. What's included, Commissioner, in the budget for SAMP is actually getting through the environmental review um, process, which is kind of the focus for us right now for SAMP, is to try to get through that process between Great. now and the end of 2024. I, I appreciate that. I was just thinking like in the five-year plan,
2: the potential increase in budget for CIP could be significant, even above and beyond what's so significant in front of us. So anyway, I appreciate seeing that. And uh, with regards to the environmental priorities and stuff like that, we would love to see the, uh, the SAF goals of the commission. We've made a policy 10%, 10 years. It's a high reach. but. Um, we continue to look for staff's recommendations for how to continuing to uh, advance that goal.
0: Thank you. Great, Commissioner Ozogawa.
8: The thing about being seven months pregnant is the bigger you get, the further away your button gets. <laughs> 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 Thanks for the
6: delay.
8: Um, so I, well, I, I just wanted to acknowledge that Um, the work that you're doing budgeting for the airport is hard work and it's good work we have seen through this presentation that the demand for travel at sca is continuing to grow and that it has officially outsized pre-pandemic levels and that this budget demonstrates we're doing as much as we can to be able to accommodate the demand for travel while balancing that with um, uh, you know, maximizing the space that we already have with, with um, best practices and sustainability and p- balancing the customer experience with evolving needs to being um, able to promote safety as well as a culture of inclusion, um, I think it really is a celebration that in your words, this is a uh, mostly good news presentation, right? But it also highlights for me, as Commissioner Calkins mentioned, the need to be able to think long-term and outside of ourselves. We are doing the best we can given the circumstances, and so just lifting up that all of us have to be thinking um, regionally about this and what we're doing to lend our voice towards making sure that growth can occur outside of King County proper. Uh, We're doing the best we can, and so I I want to commend you on on all of that. um, we look forward to subsequent presentations, where um, you know we're going to be talking more about what we're doing for community investments, for sustainability, for resiliency, to promote health and economic opportunities, um, and in the context of the uh, aviation budget, exclusively. Um, yeah, mostly good news. And thank you. Thank
0: you, thank you Commissioner Hasikala, Commissioner Mohammed.
6: Um, I just have a quick question on slide 33, the Commission 2024 budget priorities for the preconditioned air, that 100000 That was budgeted in 20 uh, for, for this year, and it's showing up again on, on 2024, so I want to know um, what, what the status is on that. Um, did some of those plans and implementation happen this year? Did that get put on pause, and is it moving over to next year? I just want to understand that better.
0: You might as well have just stayed up
5: here.
6: (laughs) I like hearing from you.
5: (laughs) Thank you again, Sarah Cox, um, with Environment Sustainability. Uh, With respect to preconditioned air, uh, we have moved forward. We're continuing to conduct assessments on the performance. We have looked at, in partnership with the airlines, different materials um, that are needed to replace um, some of the current hoses, and so this is just a continuation. Uh, We have completed work this year, and it's just a continuation of the work um, to implement the program. Some of the items were longer lead times, um, but we are continuing to move forward and have implemented improvements.
6: So does that mean in 2024 there will be additional costs being incurred, or is that...? Yes. We still have
5: dollars left over from this year. Additional costs incurred in 2024. We'll be spending our 2023 allocated budget and then additional in 2024.
6: That's really helpful. Thank you. Sorry to call you up here a couple times, (laughs) but I appreciate you. That concludes my my questions. And also, I want to express gratitude to the entire aviation team. Thank you for the work that you guys do every day.
5: Thank
0: you. Excellent. All right, one last
2: question, Commissioner Fong. So I asked about the SAF. implementation so we have ongoing goals you guys continue to make great work to that end can you give us a sense of what is the budget ask you're making for staff and it's a high priority for the organization and the communities around us
5: yeah um, so in additional in addition to just our general staff time that we do on uh, integrating with our airline partners um, producers suppliers and bringing staff to our region for 2024 uh, we have included our SAF pilot project um, to bring uh, SAF to SEA. Um, it's helping us understand just the logistics that are needed to to do that. Um, so this is a really big milestone for various parts of the SAF industry to understand what it will take to bring SAF to SEA.
0: Great. Well, thank you both, Lance and Heidi. Uh, If there are no additional questions from commissioners at this time, uh, Executive
1: Director Metric, do you have any closing comments before we adjourn our morning session? Thanks, commissioners. Thanks for your questions and your feedback on the different programs. I go back to what I said initially, (coughs) which is, you know, it's kind of like the from the tale of two cities, the best of times, worst of times. Challenging times, great opportunities for us, but challenges as we were uh, discussing the SWOT analysis. One thing can be both an opportunity and a threat and as we look at that in the team, aviation team under uh, Managing Director Litter's, Little's uh, efforts is really balancing all those things as we go forward. And I do want to say on some things on the, I'll be glad to go back, we laid out the process in 2020, but I'll be glad to go back and lay that process out again and how we get commissioner feedback and how that's fed in. For one example on, even though they're labeled my priorities, on the ED priorities, just to spend one second on that, because I have 33 priorities, but those aren't my priorities. Those are roll-up ones that we've established objectives for the institution. I just want to report back to you as I do uh, semi-annually, then at the end of the year, progress towards those, and those have 75 initiatives rolled up into those. And those are only one slice, as, uh, as uh, Managing Director Little was saying, He's, he tries to cut his down. I've narrowed those down to my 33 top ones that I think you need to know about to report about the progress across the port. So that's the challenge of getting the information and then reporting back on that dashboard indicator that you can see how we're progressing on things that are indication of progress across all of our objectives in a given year. So I'll be glad to provide more information on that, um, uh, the process and the thought behind that, and look for any improvements as well as we go forward. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Great, thank you, Executive Director Metrick. Um, let me just conclude with some you know, comments of my own. I, I wanna express my sincere thanks to you, Heidi, to Lance and the entire aviation team. Um, as you can imagine, um, as commissioners, we get the most feedback about the airport. <laughs> it's like, it's not even close, honestly. And so for us to, be undergoing this very ambitious, and as, as as Commissioner Calkin said, maybe once in a generation you know, transformation, um, all eyes are on how we handle this, how we're prudent and um, uh, with really taxpayer money, although we like to say that we don't use taxpayer dollars. At the end of the day, it's the taxpayers who pay to go on these flights and, and for facilities, even if it's not directly through a levy or a tax. And so um, I think, uh, you know, being good stewards of taxpayer money is, 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 is of paramount importance to us and so I hope, um, uh, you know, uh, you don't mind all the, you know, very detailed questions that we were asking. Uh, it's just stuff that we hear in the community and our engagement with stakeholders that we just want to put out there. A lot of the times it's actually so that the public can hear the answers to the questions that they have right and so I really appreciate you all taking that in stride I'm very very excited for what's ahead um, I, I love talking about our airport maybe I talk about it a little too much but I brag about our airport all the time right um, our up recent you. yeah our recent upgrades the new facilities mm-hmm. um, I literally have the pictures of sea concourse saved on my phone so I can be like this is what we're doing right um, It's it's my diversion tactic. Whenever someone (laughs) complains about the airport, I'm just like, hey, this is what we're doing, right? And so in any case, really appreciate the great work. This is really complicated stuff. And and I don't think any of us pretend to be experts at the finances around the airport. I learned something every time you guys come up here and give us a presentation. And so thank you for educating us. Um, Any other comments from fellow commissioners before we adjourn?
2: I'd like to also express my appreciation and your ability to synthesize all this stuff in this amount of time. And I also just want to clarify that um, my suggestion about this graphic does not reflect the fact that you don't do this. I mean, I'm saying that it should just be seen in the graphic. Of course, this is an iterative process, and we appreciate working with you on this. It's just, it just says in the document that you're getting input from ELT. And I just think that's not true. And so it, the graphic should represent that. Thank you,
0: Great, Commissioner Azagawa. Um
8: I'm getting my bathroom remodeled right now. I'm just—I have some
0: questions about tile. <laughs> we do have a couple minutes here. I'm just kidding. That I might charge for. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone uh, cares to know, I, my first job in high school is to sell women's shoes at Nordstrom. So if you ever need tips on women's
5: shoes, <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right. With that, if there are no objections. The meeting is adjourned. Our regular business meeting will commence at noon. Thank you very much. Thank you.